All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 83 of the Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. There's a black six-string fender hanging on my wall. It's where I learned my first chords to Oasis Wonderwall. My folks gave it to me when I was 23, and it means everything to me. All right, that's our boy Rob Bellamy with another hit. He's going to be playing on uh, September 3rd at Fenway. I saw a video of the uh, the MGM uh, at Fenway. That the place looks sick, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks really, really nice. You know, it looks like a, a good venue for our boy to really kick off uh, and have a launching pad. He's going to be uh, killing it, opening up for Dalton and the Sheriffs. Uh, we got a ton of tickets, so... If you uh, are available on that Labor Day weekend on Saturday the 3rd, uh, make sure you grab your tickets and come over and see Rob Bellamy. Yeah. What uh, what else has been going on? I know you guys, uh, you did a little family vacay or what? Yeah. we uh, So Courtney, uh, Courtney Cakes and the girls went up to um, Loon and uh, stayed up there for a few nights. And uh, then Ryan and I met them up in Maine. Like it was pretty much close to the border. Like we were pretty much, you know, in Canada. And, uh, wow. yeah, it was, it was pretty cool to, uh, get away with the family. We went, we went white water rafting and, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. We had a, a really good time. And, um, I mean, I didn't, uh, we had lunch. It was like a full day whenever you sitting, sitting around and you just getting soaked, but it was so nice out. But it was a lot of fun, a little, uh, you know, kind of adrenaline when you're getting into those rapids. So it was a lot of, a lot of uh, paddling, and you know, we we actually came out. Anybody, no one, anybody tip over? No, no one got bounced out. I was a little disappointed. I wanted to see, you know, like little Brookie. I thought she was going to be like a little trampoline and go flying. I would have to dive in after her, but she was, <laughs> uh, she was a, a, a rock star, and we uh, we had a great time getting down the river and uh, spent a couple nights up there, and then uh, made it back yesterday. Oh, that's awesome. The only time I ever went whitewater rafting was when I was in high school. We went up. There was probably like 12 guys and and uh, one of our teachers, and it was a good – it was hilarious. Like, we had a ton of fun, and nobody packed sunblock. So on the way home, like, guys from – obviously, you got your, your life preservers on, but everybody's arms were, like, literally, like, bubbling over. Like it was insane how the, how bad the sunburns were. I luckily had a little bit of uh, a little bit of color on me, so I was okay. But some of the guys got like really, uh, they got like sun poisoning. Obviously, yeah, yeah, that's no good. I was uh, I was like kind of like the the fat kid going in the pool with uh, his shirt on. I'd left my t shirt on and had uh, <laughs> had the vest over it. Yeah, that wasn't for the sun though. That was just for the dad bod. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But oh, we had a great cool. interview with uh, Cuckoo Robbie Kincannon, uh, and you saw him uh, over the weekend, right? Yeah, no, I actually uh, we didn't end up running into him. We, uh, you know, we went down to uh, to Charleston. There was like eleven, maybe twelve couples, so it was uh, a fun little getaway. No kids, uh, celebrating um, my wife's birthday, which is in you know another month or so. So we uh, we had a really good time. Uh, great, great, like an awesome destination to get away. I don't know if you've been down there at all. The only time I was down there was like playing in the East Coast League, but 
easy, super easy flight from Boston, like just under two hours in and out of the airport, like nice, small, uh, quick airport. And, you know, we were whatever, like, I feel like I left Boston and two hours later, I had a, a, a nice cocktail in my hand at the Tiki bar at the pool. You know what I mean? So it was a nice little recharge, the batteries trip, uh, really, you know, great company, great, you know, all my family, my wife's family, a bunch of our friends. So it was a really, uh, really good time. Just a good take. And like I said, shout out to, uh, Robbie Kincannon. He hooked us up. He hooked us up at, uh, hall steakhouse which if you're ever in the charlestown you know downtown area um go see courtney she's unbelievable hooked us up with uh you know just i mean we had a table of like 24 people it was like a private room the service was off the charts uh we actually ended up we extended the stay uh joanna and i and my sister-in-law and brother-in-law and uh we ended up going back there on sunday night like the the food was that good and and you know we tried to we we had a, a a solid day before we went. We went on Friday night the first time, so we uh, we we really enjoyed our meal on Sunday because we were a little a little more behaved throughout the the Sunday fun day. You know what I mean? That's great. Yeah, I've always wanted to go down and visit, um, but I uh, it's on the list. You know, Courtney yeah. and I uh, could could have a little uh, little getaway ourselves at some point. But um, that's awesome that you guys had a great time and happy birthday to HR. Yeah, no, it was a good time. It was, it was a lot of good company. Uh, let's talk about uh, cross-country mortgage. If you own a home and you haven't looked into refinancing in a while, have a quick chat with our friend Chris Devon and see if it makes sense for you. Devo may be able to help you save on a monthly basis so that you can put more money into savings or other projects. Check him out at chrisdevon.com. I'm looking forward to seeing Devo in the ranks here coming up. Yeah, he's one of the best guys out there. Uh, make sure you check him out at chrisdevon.com and he can help you out. Yeah, so Mots, we were uh, we were lucky to be joined by our. Uh, we we got a nice little street hockey festival recap uh, coming up here. We were joined by a few of our referees and Mariah from uh, from Hockey Fest. So, what do you say we toss it over to those guys? Yeah, well, I just want like to thank Hockey Fest for partnering up with us, uh, Mariah and the staff, and um, did a great job. And we hope uh, that you enjoy some of the insights to the first annual Rink Shrink Street Hockey Festival. All right, Mott, so we are pleased to be joined by some of the staff that joined us for the Rink Shrink Street Hockey Festival down in Kingston on August 6th. Uh, Mariah, let's start with you. Uh, obviously, you're with the Hockey Fest company. You guys did an excellent job. It was great having you. But, you know, what were your overall thoughts on the event? Uh, how'd you like getting some young Boston youth hockey kids in, in the mix? Yeah, thanks for having us uh, come help with the event to start. It was great. Uh, we love doing the one-day tournaments. You got you get your games in. Um, everyone plays for the day. They're excited. They're not upset about making the Sunday or anything like that. It kind of just uh, flows nicely. Um, I think overall it was great. We loved the area. Uh, we've never been to Boston before, so us Canadians chatting with you guys all day was obviously a nice little accent change for us. Um, and, you know, we go everywhere and you always have some particular uh, hockey parents, hockey players, everyone of that sort. Um, but thankfully, overall, your crew was amazing. We had a couple of your guys help ref along with a few of ours. Um, so no complaints there. You guys helped set up, tear down. It was amazing. Um, we, we were really thrilled to be there. Can you talk about the setup? It was a really hot day here in Boston and it just seemed as, you know, the truck was getting unloaded, you know, the skies opened up and, uh, you know, to your credit, you know, everyone worked through the, uh, 
the rain and uh, a little bit of lightning holding those poles. It was interesting, <laughs> but he talked about uh, that. Yeah, that setup. I mean, I can't say we've ever set up in anything like that before. Um, as you guys know, we obviously did a two weekend tournament that weekend. So we were also in Hartford. So we set up Hartford first and that was when it was insanely hot. We finally made it to Kingston with you and uh, yeah, there came the thunder. <laughs> so we've never actually done that, but I mean, everyone on our crew were dead from earlier in the day. So it was actually kind of refreshing. Um, the lightning was a little bit close, so I would suggest not doing that anywhere ever again. Uh, but everyone was safe, so it was good. Mariah, um, on the on the actual day of the tournament, I know you guys are there bright and early. Uh, had you ever seen anybody sweat as much as Mike Motto? <laughs> uh no comment <laughs> i think yeah. he did say he changed his shirt like three times and before noon <laughs> before yeah, noon more like eight yeah, yeah. before nine <laughs> no but it was uh it was great to have hockey fest part of the uh the first annual rinks rinks festival uh street hockey festival and you guys did a great job the boards were first class the staff first class so we really appreciate partnering up with you and we look forward to um working out some of the kinks and and uh moving on to uh you know year number two yeah it's gonna what be would great. your goals be mariah for next year's event because you know you we're, we're coming back to boston we're gonna have rinks rinks street hockey festival pod de, uh what do you what what would your goals be for the overall event uh, I th honestly, everything ran so smoothly. I'm sure when we get into it with uh, ref two, or sorry, one, two, and three down there, we maybe um, have to have some restrictions on registrations. But other than that, everything was so smooth. We loved it. So uh, let's just make it bigger and better. Bigger and better, more teams. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, more teams and more dunk tanks. Yeah. <laughs> away from away from our little area. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Logistics. We can yeah. work on logistics. Yeah. So All right, Mox, let's what do you think? We turn it over to we we had some referees that obviously had some unique experiences down there. Uh overall it was a great pace of play, I thought. The kids were really having fun. And I mean I thought they were playing hard, but I wanted to get uh rank one uh ref one. Let's start with you. What'd you think about the pace of play out there, the compete level? Where were you at? You know, some of the older games, they were a little intense, especially at the end of the games. I wasn't ref on that one. Had a big uh big coaching game, team couldn't pull it couldn't pull through you know I wanted them to play hard they didn't um some of the younger games they were uh you know they were a little tough some some of them were uh slap shots firing it down you know gotta stick stick to the rule book though right yeah gotta call gotta call a few high sticks so you, know, you weren't penalty, when you were penalty you were, shots so when you were coach and you weren't too satisfied with your uh, your team's compete level out there? No, not not at all. Um, you know they weren't listening. They felt they could do their own thing, and then uh, you know it showed up on the scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, uh, ref two, you uh, were a hybrid uh, ref slash coach as well. Can you talk to us about your experience, uh, both officiating and coaching? Uh, yeah, being a ref was. Um was pretty interesting dealing with the parents but uh as a coach it was pretty fun I got to cheer on the girls you know as being a little cheerleader off to the side but um just as a ref I, dealing with some parents the the kids some complaining but it was hot um it was fun the kids were slapping it around there, there was no structure obviously I mean it's, it's a street hockey game but uh 
yeah, as a ref, I made, I made a few questionable calls myself and, um, yeah, I thought it was an overall pretty fun day. Well, that's what we like to talk about here on the ring shrink self-evaluation. So, you know, you, you can be better next year. And for uh, for ref three, we just wanted to get your thoughts. You were more your your thoughts on it. You were more of a referee. Uh, did you see anything that you know? Any parents? Obviously, the rink shrinks. We're kind of known for. We try to keep things in perspective. Let the kids have fun, enjoy themselves. Uh, did you see anything that that kind of piqued your interest with some of the parents yelling at kids or or you know kids getting a little too intense? What were your thoughts there, ref three? Um. I definitely saw some things, you know, um, it was great being a ref. It was definitely fun, the experience, but I actually had a little incident, um, in one of the games, it was a semifinal game. Um, I believe it was squirts and there, there, we played two halves. So two 15 minute halves and there was, I believe it was four, three red. It was red versus green. It was four, three red. And green comes down probably about like 15 or 10 to 15 seconds left. Um, green shoots it. It it looks like it go went in, but I didn't call it because I wasn't too sure. But um, I so I let it go. And then like all of a sudden, every parent just started screaming at me, you know, <laughs> saying like goal. One half was like, it's a goal. The other half was like, it's no goal. So I was kind of in like a, a toss up right there. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I ended up going to Brian and saying like, what, what should I do here? Cause I was just getting screamed at. He was just like, just call it a goal. So it ended up being four, four, um, you know, one of the coaches actually, he was before he was like complaining and then, all of a sudden, when once I called it a goal, he was all satisfied. <laughs> well, so, I, I mean, I guess I mean, so. All three of you are obviously current, you know, high school hockey players. Mm-hmm. Uh, does does the referee aspect now like does it give you a further appreciation of what the referees go through after after um, you know refing in in just a, a fun street hockey event? I personally definitely think it does give me a better perspective on just like what refs go through. I mean, you have to have pretty thick skin to, um, to make those calls like in a tight game, especially like that one. Um, you just have to have thick skin to, uh, to make that call. So I definitely think it's helped, like helped me better my understanding of what refs go through. So that's just my view on it. Ref two. Ref number two, yeah. Okay, so I'd like to talk about an incident that happened <laughs> during it. Um, it was during the squirt level. Uh, there was a team in particular um, that didn't agree with the refs a whole lot the entire tournament. Um, quarterfinal game. Um, was it, 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 I mean, this was a barn burner. It was a 17 to nothing. Um, <laughs> and so... I'm sitting in between games under the tent and like I wasn't reffing, but uh, ref number four, who isn't with us, um, he. Yeah, he's, but we haven't located him since the tournament. He's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we, no, we, he's, have no idea. he's gone. we have no idea where he is. He's gone. He's gone. 
He's um, in ref witness protection. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He uh so he's I hear some yelling going on over by the uh rink two. So I'm like, I get up right away and I see it it's my buddy. I'm like, all right, I gotta fly over here. I stand on the outside. He's getting chewed apart by the uh these parents. Um I, I see like he makes like a call, like blatant trip. And the parents they flip out like I mean it was a trip and so I go over to the netting with Mariah we're all like you you gotta be kidding me. like this is a joke we're in between both benches and I hear one of the parents be like hey Johnny go get him and you kid like like buzzes goes over kid has the ball he just two hands him kid goes down lands on his head he starts crying gets up and he's like he's fine but then, like, my buddy, he's like, all right, that's it. I, I can't do this anymore. And so Mariah, she's like, all right, we're going to call the game here. Because she checked the score with him, and he was like, it's 17-0. It's not, like, even close. And so the parents, like, they're up in arms. They're like, this is unbelievable. Like, you can't be serious. And uh, I run over, and I'm like, you got to, like, just stop talking, sir. Like, like, just leave. Like, I can't with you right now. Like, you, you just need to go. Like that, that's just the kind of stuff we were dealing with as refs. So later in the day with the heat and, uh, the heat, we, uh, we, we did, uh, experience a few kind of tempers flaring up and that was one of the games, but overall I would say it went pretty smooth. You know, you you deal with hockey parents and multiple levels. Hockey parents can't turn it off though. You know, that competitiveness. Mariah, did you want to say something? Mariah, you want to say something about that? Yeah, I mean, to put it into perspective on particular hockey parents, which I'm sure we've all seen, um, this was the same team who had come up earlier in the day. uh, And it's always the case where someone says, you know, I don't want to complain, but I'm here to complain. (laughs) So we know where that's going to lead. And the first game I had someone come up from this exact same team saying the same thing. Um, and saying, you need to speak to your ref. You know, there were so many high sticking penalties. It's not safe, et cetera, et cetera. So I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Since it's so hot, you know, our waiver included no helmets, which is fine. So I go and talk to my ref and I'm like, Hey, what's going on? You know, a parent came and complained about high sticking. Like, was there a lot of high sticking? And he was like, yeah, I made like 30 high sticking calls for penalties. And I was like, you made calls? Like, you gave them penalties for high-sticking? And he was like, yes, every single time the kid high-sticked, they got a penalty. So I was like, what more could these refs possibly be doing to control the game other than giving them the penalties? And these are little, like, squirts. Um, So young kids, you know, and if you're that concerned, maybe put a helmet on your child for the next game just in case, you know, safety precautions. Um, but in addition to that, also the same parent who did not want to sign a paper waiver in the morning because we couldn't locate the electronic one. So you have some great parents, you know, cheering them on. We had another guy at the end of the day who, you know, his kid, his kid won, his kid lost, and the entire time was cheering on both teams. So I'm sure everyone sees it, but yeah, it's, it's hit or miss. And then when you get heat in the picture, it just uh, it just spirals a little bit more. <laughs> Mariah, do you think it was because like they were complaining too many calls? 
No, no. I The conversation I had with this parent was it's not safe if they're high sticking. You need to tell the ref to keep an eye on high sticking. So it wasn't the too many <laughs> and they, calls. And they called their <laughs> yeah. dirty calls. And, I, yeah. and, and have you know, I, I mean, for the people that weren't there, um, you know, they did the, the hockey fest and, and, and us when we went over the rules and stuff like that. Obviously, we knew it was going to be a super hot day. Um, and it's street hockey. Like when did, you know, Mots and I, when we grew up, we never played yeah. uh, street hockey with a with a helmet on. And we knew it was going to be super hot out. But it's, you know, when, when that comes into play, no matter what the age and, and my kids play a lot of street hockey, like there's no slap shots allowed. Anything that's above basically your waist is a high sticking. And I think that, you know, all the referees did a really good job of, you know, basically warning the guys from the, at, at the beginning, informing them. And then, Hey, if it continues now, there's going to be penalty shots and things like that. Is that something that you guys typically do? Yeah. I mean, typically even just high sticking the ball is not a penalty in our tournaments if helmets are required. Um, but because we weren't wearing helmets, you know, we obviously want the safety of all players. So we did make it mandatory that if someone high stick the ball or any sort of motion towards the ball, the player or anything like that, and they're young kids, they're still learning how to play hockey. Um, so that was initially a penalty right off the hop too. So it wasn't like we were it was happening and then we were going to call it or warning, you know, like all teams were made very well aware of it. And was there a, a birth certificate issue as well? <laughs> I, I think you might know a little bit about that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but sadly the same team <laughs> uh, wanted to see proof of birth certificates because um, again, like in any uh, hockey that people are playing, you, you have a two-year age group. So uh, we tried to do it separate. We tried to do it by single year, but because um, there weren't teams in certain divisions, you just merge it for the two-year gap, which we do for every single tournament. Um, and that was a, a big ordeal as well that I know you didn't really want to get too involved with. Uh, they wanted to see, yeah, all kids' birth certificates. So I was like, that's fine, but we have to see your full teams too. And then it just every 10 minutes before the game, did you see them? Did you get them? I want, I want proof. I was like, we're getting them. Don't worry. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's like, we, you know, we tried to get uh, two separate divisions at each age group, but unfortunately due to the timing of it and other hockey tournaments and summer vacations and things like that. So I think next year we come back, you know, maybe it's a spring event when summer vacations haven't fully kicked off and summer baseball tournaments and things like that and uh, in full effect. Uh, I got one more for ref, uh, ref number one here. What do you think your future lies? Are you going to be a ref or a coach? What's, what's, what's easier? Um, well, in the, in the, maybe in the next tournament, maybe my, key, uh, my team will listen and I'll pull it a dub. Maybe get some uh, new, new coaching, uh, you know, tactics. Yeah. Tactics. Uh, learn how to fire maybe you should start better. listening to the rink shrinks more. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It might help. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, you know, my team, my team wasn't ready to play and I wasn't too, wasn't very happy about it. What it's whatever, you know? Ref number two, you have anything else to add? I mean, overall, it was a great day, but uh, yeah, that same team once again. Uh, <laughs> first game, I'm telling you, they were all over me. There was this one person that, that mom, like I was standing on the far side of the benches, and every three seconds, she would be like, He's high sticking. No, he's high sticking. I would be like, All right, come on. Like, this is a oh. joke. Ref, but, ref number three. Who's crazy? A hockey moms or hockey dads? What's your What's your take on that? Man, I gotta go with the moms. I mean, <laughs> there's some there's some crazy Karens out there. 
So crazy Karens. Um, I gotta go with them. I mean, I've seen some crazy parents, but some of the moms just overdo it, I mean, <laughs> screaming and yelling and everything. Oh, that's great. It's, yeah, great stuff. I will yeah. say it's not all moms, though, because I have some very There you go, moms Mariah, stepping up for the ladies. <laughs> and some of the dads are a little crazy, too. Absolutely. Yeah, hockey parents in general are a passionate group. And, you know, like I said, they can't really turn it off, even in a, uh, you know, a fun street hockey tournament in the middle of July. I mean, uh, August, early August. So it was a great event overall. Mariah, do you have anything to uh, to finish up with? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't like <laughs> trash talking one particular team the whole day, but if that's the only negative that can come out of that uh, event, then at least we can all laugh about it afterwards. So, No, absolutely. Well, we want to thank all you guys. Obviously, it was a great event, and we're looking forward to next year. Uh, we really appreciated you guys coming down. I think the you know, the, the hockey fest set up with the boards and, um, you know, everything down at the Kingston collection really worked out well. It was, a it was a great event. So thank you guys for taking the time and recapping with us. And we're looking forward to next year. Thank you. Us too. Thank you. All right. Thanks guys. All right, Mots. That was a great recap with our uh, team from down at the rink shrink street hockey festival that uh, took place on August 6th. Hopefully you guys enjoyed and got some, uh, some funny stories from those guys. Uh, we also wanted to give a shout out, Mott. You want to start us off here with uh, some of the vendors and T-shirt sponsors and people that really made this thing go? Yeah, yeah the T-shirt sponsors, Will O'Neill, My Hockey Rankings, Sauce Toss. They did a great job at donating and uh, being a T-shirt uh, sponsor. Uh, the Charlie Horse, Goodrich Lumber, Bark BBQ, yeah. and Mamma Mia's. Yeah, and we also had some great vendors that were there, uh, White Molly, Hockey Players in Business, uh, TSR, EPS, uh, Clever, John Peterman. Uh, he did some great water bottles for us. Uh, Landmark and the Boston Junior Terriers, Landmark, Pu- Landmark Public House, who uh, donated the pizzas for late in the day. Uh, who else did we have? The Sparks van showed up. I know a bunch of guys got their skates all demoed up and are going to be purchasing those mach- purchasing those machines soon. Yeah, that's it was great to have those vendors there, the t-shirt sponsors. So we really wouldn't be able to do this tournament without these guys. But the big ring sponsors were Myers GMC. They brought a couple trucks down. Um, they're right there uh, in Kingston. Um, Lee Kennedy, construction company, good friend and uh, great guy, was willing to come down and, and do a, uh, a ceremonial uh, ball drop if, uh, if we needed someone there. Really good uh dude and we appreciate their support torch pro and our boy rob bellamy who uh spent the whole day there taking a lot of footage and we're going to be putting that out along with this uh episode he he worked hard in the in the heat and uh, we appreciate his efforts and uh sunrise erect is my guy uh andy erickson stepping up and uh donating to uh to sponsor our rank and unload the hockey fest 50 foot 53 foot trailer and uh and set up the uh set up the rink so we really appreciate those ring sponsors and all the sponsors because like i said without those um those people supporting us we wouldn't have been able to pull this off yeah a special shout out to joe callahan too obviously we've talked about him and his cancer can't uh foundation that he has we've been to a couple events with those guys and he's uh another guy just you know 
who doesn't want anything, it'd probably be pissed that we're even mentioning his name on this, but Joe is a great hockey player and he's a great friend. And he's a guy behind the scenes that really made a lot of this happen. Wasn't afraid to bust out a cooler at nine o'clock in the morning either. You know? Yeah. He's the best. He was there Friday night helping set up, you know, registered a team and uh, was always there anytime we needed something, brought a generator for the Sparks boys as well. So thanks a lot to Joe Callahan, great player in his own right, played at Yale. Well, BC High, Yale, and then played, had a long professional career. So we got to get him on and chat about him. He's a very selfless person, and we really appreciate his efforts as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, without, uh, you know, before we forget about them and, and, you know, get ourselves in the doghouse here to our own team, obviously, um, you know, the CEO, Courtney, HR, Joanna, and, you know, our, our own kids that were there helping out all day long, and also Jersey Shore. And uh, Maura Flanagan, who uh, really stepped up and, and did so much behind the scenes. So really, uh, really appreciate everybody's efforts. And, and, you know, this is a family show and we wouldn't be here without with, without the support of our crew, you know. Yeah, awesome uh, teamwork there, Mo. I, um, next time we're going to probably have to get some sun sunscreen for you. You're buzzing all day long. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if that sunburn went away yet or not, but we really appreciate your efforts. Um, you know, it wouldn't have gone off uh, as well as it did without uh, without your efforts. So great work all around, and uh, we're looking forward to next year. Yeah, now it's uh, it's time to dip into the mailbag, Mots. What do you say? Let's go. All right, Mots, this uh, mailbag episode is brought to you by Franklin Sports, the one-stop shop for all your street hockey gear and equipment needs. Shop our selection of street hockey sticks, balls, uh, pucks, nets, and more at franklinsports.com. Franklin was generous to you know hook us up with all the balls for the tournament and things like that. They do a great job, so really appreciate them uh, as well. Well, what do you say we dip into the mailbag? Let's so. get it going. All right, let's. you're up first, Mots. So my son, as a second-year squirt-level player playing uh, 10UBB, not sure what BB is, but maybe two B-level teams. Yeah, sure, um, BB. His team consists of 14 skaters, two goalies. Now, out of the 16, only four of them are second-year. The issue is the director of coaches is our head coach and assistant coach. Both have first-year kids on the team. My son's development is being stunted. Uh, due to the entire team being treated like might level U8 players. With the season already starting, my wife and I are frustrated, and my son is saying every practice is too easy. We're thinking of leaving the club at the end of the season due to this and other. Uh, what's your suggestion? That's from Jimmy W. Yeah, I mean, I would say that it's it's still the middle of August here, and these guys maybe just getting their legs back under them. It's, it's basically still preseason, right? Mots when you think about it. So, you know, I, I think they're probably easing into the season. I would take it, you know, week by week and, and hopefully that the, the coaches that are there, um, despite their kids being a little younger, they start coaching up to, you know, the, the, the higher level of the players and things like that. But I'm sure that, you know, like anything, there's some kids that haven't been on the ice quite a bit and they're just, you know, they're trying to get their legs under them and their hands, um, you know, their hands going and all that type of stuff. So, you know, I wouldn't be too frustrated too soon. Um, you know, wait and see how things play out. And, you know, by next year, uh, you know, your son's going to be, uh, a, you know, a, a technically a, a younger age peewee. So you might have a different, you know, a whole new different set of coaches anyways. So, you know, wait and kind of see how things play out would be my suggestion. Yeah. I think a little patience would be good starting out, but, 
if that's the trend or if that stays the course over the next, you know, say month, you know, maybe have a quick conversation with the, the coach. It's very difficult sometimes when this does happen where the coach kind of coaches to the, you know, the bottom or the, you know, the, you know, I wouldn't say the worst player, you know, you want to, you want those worst players to play up. So they should be coaching to the team, the team, the whole team, but really challenging the top players too. And then having those younger players have to play up and challenge them. So, you know, I would say just, you know, employ a little patience and, and just keep an eye on it. And hopefully it doesn't improve. And to your point, BY, you know, it's still early. You know, some kids may have been on the ice. Some kids may not have. So just uh, keep an eye on it. And, you know, if, you know, after a month or so, maybe just have a quick conversation and hopefully things got, you know, go in a better direction for you. But to your point also is next year, there'll be the younger players and kind of having to play up. So there's a, it's a kind of a, a, a fine line and a balance there because the coaches are probably catering to the, you know, younger kids, but, you know, just a simple conversation might help if it's still the same way after a month. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for the question there, Jimmy. Uh, all right, boys, coaching my kids' teams out in Colorado for a big program with kids, with three kids playing this year. Love teaching the game, but will uh, likely be on the ice seven days a week uh, and three touches three to four days a week, maybe 15 to 20 hours uh, a week of coaching. Will pay about five to six K in dues for all three U ten A and two U eights. Do programs back east give uh, coaches any discount for their players' fees? Our program allows uh, team fees to be used uh, to supplement out of state travel for the coaches, but otherwise no discount. I was told I could apply for a needs based scholarship to supplement, but I don't think it's appropriate to use the, uh, that money that others may need. What are your thoughts? I uh, love what you guys are doing. Keep it up. Rocky Mountain Hockey Dad. And that, that's an interesting uh, situation. You're putting so much time, energy, and effort into the teams you're coaching. And back east here, yes, you do get a break um, for coaching. Um, but with, you know, the travel isn't as extent as as the Colorado uh, League, I'm guessing. Yeah. So I would say – there is something that could be done. I mean, you don't want to have the handout, but also, you know, you're putting in all that um, time. You should be, you know, there should be some discount. There should be some other kind of pool of money that could come out of the program to give you a discount, especially with three kids. Right. Um, I think that's, that would be appropriate. It would be appropriate to ask. Um, but, you know, you sound like a, really stand up guy to to not want to take from someone who who definitely needs it but you also you want to be you know not compensated for your time but you know something a little break in tuition would uh would go a long way in my my opinion for the time that you're putting in yeah i mean i think just talking about it from a back east type perspective i think for the most part most of the the head coaches out here get a free tuition um sometimes you know, the assistant or, or, you know, one or two of the assistants, if they need it, may get a little kickback, especially if they have multiple kids playing um, in the program and things like that. So, you know, I, I, I think, Mots, you hit it on the head. Like, it doesn't hurt to ask, to, to ask. You get three kids that are all playing. 
Um, it's obviously a lot of travel. You're on the ice with all three teams. I don't know if he's, you know, he didn't really say if he was the head coach of all three, uh, but maybe he's the head coach of one and helps with the other two or something like that. Um, so I think it's, it's well worth a conversation with the ownership group or, um, you know, if it's a private program or if it's like a, a town type program, um, if they're doing that extensive travel, I'm assuming it's probably a, a, a travel, travel. team. Though, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it's still worth, you know, definitely worth the, the conversation. I know, um, you know, w- I was in that position as a hockey director for a number of years in Atlanta and, um, and also down in, in, in Boston here with the junior Terriers. And, and I think, you know, we, we tried to, we saw the value in our coaches. Some guys, um, you know, have the, the means to do it and they don't, they don't even ask, but other guys that, um, are trying to help out as much as they can. Um, you know, they, they, they definitely will, will, you know, give the guys a, a half tuition break or something like that. Yeah. We're at the conversation. All right, let's get on to the next one here. The craziness has begun. I had a parent blow up on me today because I didn't put her eight year old on my top might team. He'd be the worst player on my top team, but best player on the middle team. Fun times. And is the first day of practice. That's from BD. Big Dan Whitney. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a, uh, I, I mean, it's a tough question. I think it's, it's one we've talked about quite a bit and you just gotta, as a coach, you gotta really relay the message to the parent that, you know, you would rather your kid, especially at eight years old, be touching the puck more. You'd rather your kid be the best player on that middle team than be the guy that's the the dead weight on the, on the, the, you know, the, the top team. Right. So, you know, just reinforce those, you know, those type of things and, and, you know, hopefully they get it. Unfortunately, some parents, uh, they don't get it. They, all they care about is the, the, the status thing, right. It's, it's more their ego, uh, saying that their kids on the A team versus the B team. You know what I mean? Even though, you know, I'd, I'd much rather have my kid on the B team scoring, you know, 50 points as opposed to being on the, uh, the top team scoring five points. Right. Yeah, I mean that's as a coach, you you have to have some honest conversations at times, and if you relay that message that her son would be the worst player on your team, but he's going to be a very good player at this level, and he'll have the ability to get confident, you know, confidence in his game and get the touches that he needs. You know, again, not every parent is open to those real conversations, but I think that's what you have to do, and. Uh, it kind of stinks at times, but if that's the case uh, in this situation, you know, just be honest and and kind of relay that that message. And you know, Mott, sometimes you got to tell them if you think the grass is green or somewhere else, just go and bounce. It's 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 true though. Like if it's day one and they're already starting, yeah. it's you know what I mean. It's it's like nothing will on. be good enough. You know, nothing will be good enough. Yeah, and that's a difficult situation to be in, but you got to be able to, you know, deal with it as a coach. And if that's your your true assessment of the situation, um, you relay that message and you know, kind of live with that. And uh, hopefully, they can too. I've always found I've always found two mots, including my assistant coaches or the other guys I coach with in those conversations, uh, always helps too. It helps to have you know another coach uh, or you know one or two guys that that you know you coach with that are good hockey guys and they can you know help kind of portray that message onto the parent as well and just let them know like hey we're looking out for the best interest in in little Johnny here yeah that's a good point you know just as long as you're on the same page with the the coaching staff 
you know, you can. Yeah, you know, if you're not, then it's yeah, then, then it's like, then, uh, then it's really maybe she's bad. right. <laughs> yeah, maybe she's <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, Mots, we uh we are pumped that hockey season's around the corner. So head up to Salem and see our guys at TSR Hockey. Get your team looking great for the first game of the season. The TSR team and corporate sales department can outfit your team with the top brands in sports apparel. Ensure t- ensure that your team looks the best this season by visiting tsrhockey.com. Obviously, hey, it's that time of year, Mott. You need new skates. You need new shin pads. My son hit me up today. Oh, my shin pads are too small. They're long, not, they're not long enough. My pants. It's 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 you know my skates. It's everything, right? So uh, those guys up at TSR in Salem, New Hampshire, they'll uh, they'll take good care of you, right? Yeah. When we were coming back from Maine, I I had to get back and you know, do some stuff. And Ryan was like, can we stop at TSR? I'm like, that's, it's really not on the way. And I have to get back, but same thing. He's like, yeah, we got to get up there. We got to get up there. I'm like, you have a you, you know license and you have a vehicle. You can hop in there and they'll take care of you. So uh, my son and daughter still haven't made it. I, I've said it a few times, but yeah, you've been saying it for like two months now. <laughs> I know. But I think gonna... ever since Brooke Broker's thick in like uh, May. In, in, yeah. In town cup. But uh <laughs> Yeah, so they'll they'll be making their way up there, and uh, you know the guys and gals at TSR will take care of them. Absolutely, Mots. I think it's time for the my hockey rankings question of the week. Uh, what give coaches about preparing for the hockey season? Well, it's pretty. Uh, you know, we've talked about it quite a bit, and actually um, talking to a fellow at the street hockey tournament, um, he was he was saying, hey, "I'm going to take some of your advice." You know, it's about, you know, letting the parents know what is expected, not only from the the player, the kids, but also from the parents. So what we would always do would, you know, I'd have the parents sit down in the kids' locker room where the kids sit, and I would address them like I was addressing the kids. This is what we expect. You know, you, you, you make your own checklist, whatever you want, and, you know, everything's transparent. Like you understand they understand where you're coming from and so there's no really gray areas between your communication to the player and what is expected so the parents are on the same page i think that's one of the biggest things that you can do in the preseason or early on in the season yeah i think 100 percent mots we've uh we've talked about quite a quite a bit here um you know that preseason meeting getting all the parents in the same room especially as the kids get older get the kids involved let them know locker room expectations uh, on ice behavior expectations parents behavior expectations in the stands and things like that uh it's it's super important i know i have you know a couple docs that i've used throughout the years and we just kind of run through them like you said it's just a punch list uh we go down and maybe we can we can put together one mots and throw it out there for the uh the coaches that listen, we can put it out on social media or whatever. And uh, they can, they can, you know, again, use some of our points, the 24 four hour rule, um, different things like that. One of the biggest things too, it's like inform, you know, the communication piece, like we understand people, there's going to be conflicts. Kids might miss practice and things like that, but there's nothing worse than showing up and think that you're going to have a full team at practice. You make a practice plan and then, you know, eight kids show up or you're missing a goalie or something like that. So just the communication piece, uh, is very important too to let them know the, the the expectations and then if it becomes a habit that that you know kids aren't showing up to practice sometimes you might have to you know sit a kid for a period or a game or things like that uh, also now as the kids you know like my own nine team they're getting into checking hockey so I got to um, you know 
put them through some different checking drills, show them some, um, you know, my buddy, uh, our buddy Dave Catarazzulo from Roxbury Latin sent me a great little, um, little clip, a PowerPoint on, you know, just what body checking is all about and just running through that type of stuff. And I think it's important for the parents to hear it as well as they get to that age group, because uh, it can get a little dicey. You went through it. I know I went through it with my oldest. It's a little scary at first when these kids start checking. Um, but, you know, I think it's important to communicate that. And, you know, again, when your kid gets blown up, it's not the time for you to start yelling and screaming at the referees and things like that. Yeah, that's all good points. And by the way, I have my, my hockey rankings, um, you know, polo oh, the golf shirt. Yeah, 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 a little Peter Mala special. Yeah, it's a nice little shirt, you know. It cuts right, you know, with the dad bod. <laughs> exactly. Um, we actually, uh, I, I, we got to talk to those guys soon. We'll bring them on for a quick breakdown and uh, and have them discuss the the changes in the rankings for this year and stuff like that. Uh, obviously, Ian and Neil, uh, they do a great job with the rankings and their website, myhockeyrankings.com. And, um, you know, they, they we had a great episode with them last year, just breaking everything down. So I think it'd be uh, good to get those guys on for a quick little recap and touch on, you know, some some new things that they have going on for this season. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Great guys. They do a great job. And, um, yeah, it's good just to educate the parents as well. Um, you know, when we had them on, it was interesting because, like, I was getting educated myself because never really uh, knew the full story behind it. And they do a great job, so we'll get them on for sure. Definitely, definitely. Um, all right, Mots, the next one here. Love the show. It's a must-listen to on commutes to the rink. What's the deal with the brick tournament teams? Are they competitive slash good hockey or all about who can pay and be in the team? Attended the camp this year, and the scrimmages were competitive, but hard to tell if it's truly the premier slash top level they claim. Our son's goal is to play the best hockey he can and is always looking to improve. He enjoyed the camp, but felt everyone was a puck hog, which is which is a typical which is typical in a game where no one uh, no one knows each other. Love your insight. That's from anonymous. Anonymous. Um, you know, my thing with the break tournament is, you know, it is a very competitive tournament, you know, and there is usually an idea of, you know, some, you know, so the territories that they have, they have an idea of some of the kids that they want to have on the team. Um, but it's not the end all be all, you know, definitely not the end all be all very early on to um, kind of just airmark someone to be a top player, but to go to the camp and be exposed to some of the top talent because there is a lot of good players trying out for those teams. Um, I think it's very valuable. Um, doesn't really, you know, so if you don't make it, it's, it's not the end of the world, but in any tryout situation, it's very difficult, you know, as far as puck hog, especially the kids that are pretty talented at that age group, they want to stand out. And you see that in any tryout, like you said, in the, uh, in the question, um, but when I'm looking at a tryout or it's just really about who's playing the game the right way and moving the puck at the right time on time, you know, maybe being in good position without the puck, you know, but you have to really look for that. It's easy to see the guy with the puck and what he's doing. But ultimately, if you're playing the game the right way, even in a tryout situation, like back checking is one of the biggest things that I, you know, really appreciate in a tryout. It's effort. doesn't take any skill but it means you care. So um, I wouldn't get, you know, overly uh, concerned about 
you know, the, the brick tryout and what it is, uh, because there's plenty of time of, you know, there's plenty of time to develop into a, a good player and, um, and be at, at a top level when it matters. Right. Yeah. Mots, I think you hit most of the points there. Uh, the only thing I'd add, obviously, yeah, there's a there's definitely an expense to it. Um, so that definitely it it, it definitely is a factor. Um, I do know, you know, speaking from our area, you know, the guys that 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 run the team here, uh, they you know they they reach out. They're at games. I see them in the stands and 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 watching the you know the different leagues around here and trying to identify the players. So I don't think they do put you know, all the weight into just the tryout. I think they try to figure out, you know, who the best kids are locally here, kind of in Massachusetts. Obviously, Anonymous didn't say where exactly he was from, um, you know, but the, I'm sure that, you know, that the, the tryouts, yeah, again, they're 10 years old and they're a bunch of kids that don't typically play together. So uh, it, it's going to be a bit frustrating because, you know, even a 10-year-old hockey, the best kids are, are going to stand out and they're going to hang on to the puck longer than the other guys. So I think, you know, it's it, it's tough. And Mott's like, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's, it's not the be-all, end-all if your kid doesn't get selected to the brick team. If he does and you choose to do it and, you know, you guys go and, and that's your thing, then, you know, Hey, have fun and, and, you know, do your thing. You know what I mean? But I've coached plenty of kids that have done it. It was never something that, that I was into. I'd much rather go to the beach and hang out and, and, you know, spend time uh, on a family vacation rather than in a hockey rink in, in July. So, but to each their own, right? That's right. Um, so what are you doing tonight? Uh, it's funny you should ask, Mots. I actually uh, I got a, my last summer skates tonight with uh, my 2009 and 2011 team. So uh, I put a nice fresh uh, fresh edge on the on my skates with my uh, my Spox m- machine, my Spox sharpener, and uh, it gives me a good edge to go to go skate around with these guys. How about you? Um, yeah, so I got a softball game tonight. No. <laughs> Well, I guess you don't need to shop in anything. <laughs> no, I don't here. have to. Sh- I'm going to shop in my sneakers. Exactly. Um, the cleats. Yeah. No, but the Spox machine doing the job. Um, looking forward to getting my hands on that. And um, so, you, you know, you're skating with some high-end players. Do you, Are you buzzing your skates up on the Spox machine as well? Yeah, so I uh, I I was I healthy scratched myself for uh, the the three on three league. I did get invited back where uh, I carried Eichel and Hannafin last week, but uh, I took this week off because I was still feeling the effects of my long weekend in Charleston. Uh, but definitely coming back this week, uh, I will be uh, I'll be shopping the skates with my Spock sharpener. Um, it's you know it's a consistent, it's an accurate sharpener. Uh, it's, you know, to think of the money that I'm saving Mots. If I'm doing my skates up a couple days a week, it's only seven ninety nine, And, uh, you know, it's, it's just really, really important. I have three kids in, uh, of, of my own. So make sure you hit them up on Mots. I think we got a promo code, do we? Yeah. Get the, uh, the promo code. If you use promo code ring shrinks, all one word, you get $50 off the Sparks machine. And that's a good deal. And, that's a great uh, deal. You know, and during the season, it's you know a nick here, a nick there. They step on the uh, the metal or on the benches, you know whatever it is. You know you can just bring them home and and buzz them. So uh, make sure you check out um, our fellows fellows over at Sparks. They're a great sponsor, great vendor at the um, Ring Shrink Street Hockey Festival, and um, it definitely will do the trick. 
Yeah, make sure you use that promo code Rink Shrinks uh, for that 50 bucks off. Obviously, I've talked about how easy it is with my three kids. They all use it. My 10-year-old e- does it easily. Um, you know, so it's it saves me the time. It's easy to set up. I get it right down my basement. Uh, so the kids just, you know, they, uh, it gives them a little responsibility on their own. It's very clean. There's no... You know, there's no like making a mess or anything like that. It's it's super clean uh, and just really, really, really good. So great value. The you know the the uh, grinding wheels that they sell with it are super easy. It's easy to, to you know cut around from rink to rink with you. You talked about it. I know uh, early September here. I got a tournament in Rochester, and I'm looking forward to bringing it up there because, like you said, you know all it takes is one kid losing an edge and his day is ruined. And it's like if I have that thing in the locker room, I'll be uh, I'll be looking skate train or running back you know what i mean yeah. you'll be looking shop you know maybe grab the sweatsuit and run back hey take that off you know like you don't miss a shift you buzz it and go that's so it that, that, that'll be it. money well let's talk about your softball game really is the the you know now let's get to that yeah you know i'm, I'm starting to find my stroke a little bit um you know just you know i got warning track power right now i i just i really can't be trying to try to hit it over the fence so line drives baby line drives gap to gap and um there was a few instances you know you're always learning like i said last week um you know my boy mute a couple other baseball guys um really kind of not teaching me the fundamentals but you know first and third first and third hit to third they're like mots you gotta go but i didn't want to run into an out but i'll be better i'll be better come playoff time playoff playoffs are coming up we're going to try and run the table, uh, stay undefeated tonight. So pretty pumped. Uh, the glove's been good, uh, good enough, I should say. And uh, <laughs> good enough. And, yeah, it's a great group to uh, to play with, uh, just getting out there and uh, telling some lies and hitting bombs. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, my next night off, maybe I might have to come down and, and catch a game, maybe coach you up from the sidelines, maybe chirp you a little bit, and it would be good for uh, some social media content. Oh, that would be amazing. Come down and watch some over 40 softball. Sick. Sleep over. <laughs> Done. All right, Mots. Well, we're looking forward to um, the recap next week on the softball game. And I think that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, Jersey, it's time to cue the ring shrink shuffle, my man. Yeah.